You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. In the very beginning, I didn't know if you were wifey material or not. That's a whole damn lie. <laughs> How you gonna tell me it was a lie <laughs> on my soundbite? Well, on the contrary, I knew from early when I told you I loved you after two weeks that you were gonna be the perfect husband. That ass? That ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. This story time is going to take me back to not the first time, but the second time you came to see me. Okay. So it had to be October 5th, mm-hmm. 2002. Mm-hmm. I remember we were chilling like we normally do on my bed at this point. It's funny then, how you say it like we normally do because we had only met like one yeah, this before is, yeah, this for like is the, a date. The second time second we met. Time. <laughs> but I remember the second time we met, you know, things were a little bit more physical. Mm-hmm. We were making out, you know, all that stuff that happens here. Ma, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but that's what's happening, <laughs> right? But I had to go to study hall mm-hmm. because it was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I go to study hall. And we were texting back and forth. And he was like, hey, I had to run. Just want to let you know that I left and I'm home safe. And I was like, cool. I get back to my dorm after study hall. And my bed is neatly made. Like like a Navy SEAL made my bed. <laughs> like she like ironed the sheets. That's and what like, you call West Indian broad cupsy. <laughs> she like don't tucked get out of bed in and the mattress. Like uh-huh. tucked in the mattress. Like it was hard for me to get the sheet out. It was tucked so tight. But there was also an envelope on my pillow oh yeah you remember that yes and it had booby written on the envelope and i was like who's booby i guess i'm booby you know <laughs> so i opened the envelope and there's a, a handwritten letter an actual script <laughs> with you telling me how you felt about 
our 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 encounters so far and i'm not gonna lie that was kind of like like a game changer right Mm -hmm. it was a game changer and it was in that moment when you started to turn me around Mm. because like i said in my soundbite i really didn't think in the beginning that you were wifey material but i'll elaborate on that later all right i'll elaborate on it later okay don't know the words to the song, but I don't care. Because I know you. Do we ever care? <laughs> we don't ever care if we know the song or not, or if we can hold the note. Say the first part, please. Say the I'm first like, part again. Summertime me. Summertime me. Only not only only one. You're my wifey. Make my life complete, sweet. me. See. That's why you're my wifey. Yes, I'll be your wifey. Will you be my wifey? Let's take a quick break after karaoke now, and um, we'll get back to story time so DeVal can elaborate. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because... The media represents how people view us, and it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact, and the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today— Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. 
Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. All right, so now we're back. Let me elaborate now, okay? Elaborate on story time. Because you said when you first met me, you didn't think I looked like, I didn't look like my wifey material, or was there something about me that first of all, didn't scream you wifey always, material? When I first saw you, you looked like wifey material. You, oh, well, you, you were gorgeous. Like, I just, perfect. Like, Aww. an angel without wings. Like, the wings were tucked in your ass. What? That's how, <laughs> that's how great you look. I don't know if that's where angels store their wings, but I appreciate that. If a, if an angel you. had to store their wings on earth and mm-hmm. had a place to put them, the ass would be the right place to put them. Would it be? Yes. Mm, fluffy. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the reason why I said I didn't think you were wifey material, because remember that summer I was trying to get in contact with you mm-hmm. and you were just horrible with communication. Every time I called I your parents' house, you wasn't available. Your sister was curving me. Then we had the whole situation where we were supposed to meet up and then you called me last minute and said you weren't feeling well. Mm-hmm. Then I found out that you were chilling with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So why would I think that this person is wifey material? Touché. You was on your hot girl summer. <laughs> I thought you was Thought Lena. No, Thought Lena. That's what I thought. I was not. I was about my business. What a little place. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that at the time that you was. You know, you you had won a pageant. I knew that, but I didn't know that you had yeah. to like tour. Mm-hmm. So I thought that you were just playing games. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't think you were wifey material. Makes sense. On top of that, I didn't want you to be wifey material because I didn't want a girlfriend. Like, right. We I, we always talk about this. I was 18 years old. I was in a relationship with a young lady who was 16 mm-hmm. and everyone was telling me at the time going into college, like, Deval, you need to focus on school and, and football. Right. And that's like, even mentioned when you think about the, the age difference now, 16 and 18, like that can get real hairy. Yeah. I mean, you know? you at, 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 the at the time I was a senior in high school right? and she was a sophomore. So it wasn't that taboo, right? At that time, you know, yeah. But senior. I'm just saying, like nowadays. Oh yeah, nowadays, yeah. People deal. will be all over the place. They be, oh, I, I can't believe he's a grown adult, grown man, and she's a child. And I get it, but we were both in the same high school, so mm-hmm. I didn't think that. But what, what really made me start thinking about it was my DMs and questions I get from women. Right? Mm-hmm. They all ask me, at what point did you know that Kadeem was the one, and what made what did she do to make you feel like she was the one you wanted to marry, right? And for the life of me, I was just like, Kadeen didn't do anything to make me want to be a husband and be married. I always wanted to be married, right? Mm-hmm. But then I had to really think about, like, she had to do something for me to think that she was the one. Right. Because I wouldn't have just married anybody. Or that I was, I guess, worthy of being asked to be your wife right. at some point. So I was like... Let me really sit back and think about it. So, Tribble, <laughs> was we, we were chilling last night in between episodes, and um, 
we were just always always making jokes. And Trill was just like, I, mean, I got to find out from Kadeem what she did to be wifey <laughs> material, right? And I was drinking some beers, and I had smoked a little bit. So I just started, like, my creativity be on a thousand when I'm high. <laughs> and it really brought me back vividly to the moments. Uh -huh. And that is one of the moments that stuck back to me. Like, it, it stuck with me. Like, yo, I came back and my bed was made. But it was the handwritten letter mm. that made me feel like she really took time. You wrote in cursive. Like, cursive is a lost art. I know. I've been saying I want the kids to take that up. What, cursive? To have it, yeah. I mean, it's really good for them. Their cognitive skills are really good, writing in cursive and drawing and stuff like that. But they're never going to use never cursive Never going to use it. It's insane. Just sign their Except name. Except for their name, that's it. Yeah. But it makes me want to ask you a question. Right? All right. Ask away. Why you do that? <laughs> like, no, because cause me and Triple talked about this. Like, in this day and age, a lot of people, women in particular, be like, I ain't doing no shit for no nigga that I don't know because da 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 And I'm like, for real, though, you did all of that. What if I was a scumbag? Right. What if I would have got that letter, read it, mm -hmm. laughed at it, crumbled it up, threw it in the toilet, and still like proceeded to just be a scumbag? Like, what made you commit to jumping out the window like that mm -hmm. on the second date? Like, you know, I think part of it for me was definitely being naive. Like I said okay. in the past, this was my first time like out of my parents' home. I actually wasn't even quite out their home at this point. I was still. Um, at a community college, so I was still commuting to and from home, so I wasn't on cam on campus yet. And this was my first like real boyfriend situation that I could foresee happening. Mm -hmm. um, even though at the time I was not necessarily looking for that, but there was just something about you that I knew early on. So, not having had an extensive background dating guys and what like that, I felt like maybe you know this was just my way of expressing it. Where I probably would have sent you a voice note or a text message in this day and age, you know. Right, right, now I'm going to be right. writing. That's what we did, you know, twenty something years ago. So um, part of it was me just probably not even thinking that you would have taken it that way. I think mainly because of how I our interaction was the first day that we chat chatted for like what was it three four hours almost five hours in your room. Yeah, it was a everything long time. just felt so natural and so normal, like old friends getting together and hanging out again. So that was probably the last thing that crossed my mind that you were definitely some sort of scumbag you know and i think also too because our paths had kind of crossed throughout our lives even mm -hmm. when we were younger i kind of knew that you were from a good family i knew that you just were a genuine person um my heart probably definitely would have been broken <laughs> if you right. did do something like that but that wasn't on the forefront of my mind it was more so me trying to find a way to just let you know how i felt um trying to be expressive i always loved writing anyway so I was like, yo, I'm going to just leave him a note. And sometimes you just want to be able to get your thought out uninterrupted. So it's more intimidating to tell somebody that face to face. So I felt like, let me just do this little note right here, which I think might have been a page or two. But it was just letting you know how much I enjoyed the time that we had spent together so far, knowing that I was looking forward to more of that. Even though we both made it clear in the beginning that we weren't necessarily looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend. I just wanted you to know that I at least valued our interactions thus far because I hadn't experienced anything like that either. Let me tell you something crazy, right? In this day and age, if you go out on one date with a girl and she were to, because they're not going to write a handwritten letter, right. send you a voice note or a text message or an email mm -hmm. that's a page and a half mm -hmm. of how much she enjoyed it, most dudes are going to be like red flag. <laughs> Very, people love red flags you know nowadays. Like, they like red flagging people. They right. like throwing red flags on people all That's the time. That's a fact. And for me, 
it, it wasn't really just that moment. That was the beginning mm -hmm. of the moment. Well, so right? why wasn't that a red flag for you then? Why didn't you think, look at it and be like, yo, this girl's crazy? T to be honest, I just thought it was so, like, just amazing to be felt, like, for someone to feel that way about me, right? Because mm -hmm. I've said this a whole bunch of times. I did not want a girlfriend. I, I was prepared to break up with the current girl that I was talking to. One, because she was young and I was in college and mm -hmm. I felt like I wanted to be able to do things and move freely and not feel attached to anyone. But also, number two, she couldn't be there the way I needed her to be there. She mm -hmm. was in high school. She didn't drive. Like, her mom's not going to bring her up every other day. You were driving every other day. So mm -hmm. I, I never thought that I was going to have a girlfriend. So it wasn't a red flag as much as it was just like, oh, this is cute. Like, this is nice. But it warmed my heart. Mm -hmm. Being the oldest in the house, I never felt like anyone worried about me mm -hmm. i felt like my parents were always like deval's gonna be fine you know i was the oldest and i had to take care of my brother and i had to take care of my sister i never felt like anyone cared about me like that except for my aunt debbie like she would check up on me mm -hmm. my grandma Wawa would check up on me remember we used to go yeah. see my grandma Wawa all the time mm -hmm. so for the first time it was somebody outside of my family mm -hmm. who just randomly used the thought and to make me feel special right yeah that's then, something that makes sense now because you talked, you've spoken about how you felt that way. Yeah. Like all your life growing up that nobody really like cared to that extent. Like no, they cared, of course, I, and they loved you, but you felt like you were always kind of overlooked. Yes. So I, I felt like why I felt like that. I was yours. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to my parents, my parents prepared and equipped me for life. Like mm -hmm. you do a firstborn. Like mm -hmm. they prepared me to be independent, to, to be strong, to do things on my own, to right. be you know, unyielding and what and I, what I wanted, but I never felt like that nurturing feeling from my parents. Mm. And part of the reason why I am the way I am is because of my parents. I appreciate them for that. But my aunt Debbie always checked on me. How you doing, poo poo? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Aunt, my grandma Wawa. She used to always listen to my games on the radio and stuff like that. And we sound wow. Oh, listen, listen to, my, to my games on the radio. <laughs> but um, no, she yeah. like those two women were the ones who really mm -hmm. like just checked up on me. Uh, my uncle Frank, my godfather, he would check up on me. But at the same time, you know, Aunt Debbie has her own son. Mm -hmm. That's her first son. You know, my grandma Wawa has her own kids and mm -hmm. grandkids. And I, I'm sure she checked up on everybody. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying my, my godfather, he's a dude. Mm -hmm. So he checked up on me in the way he checked up on me. You know, shoot me a text. Hey, bro, just checking on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But for a woman that I don't know, mm -hmm. to make me feel like I was special, I did feel like I was yours. Like I was your thing that you were right. putting all this admiration into. Then it was the second thing you did. We were, um, I was hungry mm -hmm. one night, and I typically went to Dutch Treats. Um, I always bought my tuna fish, my eggs. I, I bought my stuff for breakfast because I loved breakfast. And I remember you had stayed mm -hmm. the night. when this, this was like one of the first nights mm -hmm. that you stayed over. You had on your lavender little short panty set and your lavender bra set. Yeah. And it was it suede. Was I remember suede. But I remember oh, that, being that, that, that thing could smell me now, Lord. Yeah, that thing's so little. Mm -mm. Um, I remember <laughs> you. You first of all, the fact that you had a matching top and bottom. Yeah, it was like a little camisole. And you thought about shorts. that. I was yep. like, Yo, this woman is really I like got putting that from energy. Mandy or Joyce Leslie, one of them stories. <laughs> well, we were eighteen. Like we <laughs> yeah, was young, right. but you put a lot of energy into that moment. It's the first time you stayed tonight. But I also remember. And I don't know if you remember this night. I was hungry, mm -hmm. and you were like, Well, do you have any groceries here? And I was like, yeah, I always keep stuff in my fridge. And you went and got the eggs and the bacon and you made breakfast at like two in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> you know, like, like first of I all. I don't know, Wade, so man's heart is through his stomach. 
and and I never thought that you know I, I never said well if she does these things mm -hmm. then I know she's wifey material. Mm -hmm. But it was just the the compilation of things. On top of that, when it was time for me to apply for classes, mm -hmm. and you it was like I'm gonna help you apply for classes because I was an athlete and I had to apply for certain classes at certain times. And if you didn't apply on certain times, you wouldn't get in the classes. Then you had to maneuver your schedule around practice and travel. So you, I remember you got all of my classes that I wanted. Yep, I had it down to a science, y'all. Like, like literally down to a science. I think this really is what it was. <laughs> you had all of the codes for the classes. Mm -hmm. Then you put all of the codes for the classes in different. Yep. Typed uh, them in the slots. The different slots. Yep. And at twelve o'clock. Literally, I was sitting there like eleven fifty-eight, like <gasps> chomping at the bits, waiting to hit that enter button. I was like, I was like, she got life hacks. So, <laughs> so she fine. She's thoughtful. She can cook. She got life hacks. And the last one I told Tribble last night, we was fucking like rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, we, was, we were. We were fucking like rabbits. So Eventually. for me, it was just Eventually. like, it was like, yo, like, this this is like, what else do I, do I want? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. we, and before we did all of that, we were like best friends. We so, talked forever. We definitely did. A lot of our conversation, a lot of our time spent together was just like talking, talking about so many different things. You know what I'm wondering now? I wonder if there is, like I said, I was maybe naive in that moment, but is there like an innocence at that age that yes. you still had or we still had where those simple things were just enough versus imagine if we were in the dating scene now or in our late 20s, early 30s. There's so much ego that's built up by that yeah. point. That people are afraid, A, to be who they are. So they're showing up to these yeah. interactions and these relationships as representatives of who they are and not really being themselves. I think for fear of being ridiculed or for fear of being judged. Um, and I know social media age has a lot to do with it now too. But I think us just being in that space and just not really having experience with other people. Yeah. Um, not really knowing exactly what we wanted or what we yeah. were looking for. But it just we were really going off of what felt right in that moment. And I think everything, as it began to roll out for us, just felt so right in each moment that it escalated so quickly, um, and there was just no denying it, you know. But but here's my thing though: you you had dated other guys in the past. You didn't do every all of that for them all the time. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. So, so it's I think like, I didn't have the freedom to either, though, because true, I was true, very was like home. under my parents' thumb yeah. a lot. So it's like for me to pop up and do something special for them at their house or my house that just wasn't happening, you know. Right. So. I felt like it was something that was always in me. And it's little things that I used to observe, you know, when my mom used to do for my dad growing up or mm -hmm. just like, you know, everybody watches movies and says the cute yeah, things yeah, that people yeah. do. So it's like you want to kind of make those things your own. So for me, um, I think what also made it easy, too, for me is that you, if we, I guess if we turn the tables a little bit here and think about the things that you had done to make me know, like, wow, this guy is it. I don't think there were a lot of specific moments, per se, though mm -hmm. I do felt very protected um by you early on like mm -hmm. there was a genuine concern for me like you still do this to this day kidding don't leave this house and not get to where you're going without calling Absolutely. me to let me know that you're there Absolutely. okay yeah and you would call me down and be like hey are you home and i'm like oh shoot i just walked in the house and just got in the shower and you're like yo don't have me on this belt parkway coming to find mm -hmm. you <laughs> if mm -hmm. you don't call me when you get home um but i think what i was so attracted to with you and what made me feel like wow this man could potentially make an amazing boyfriend, husband, and father one day, is just seeing your approach with everything that you did. Your mm -hmm. approach with football, your approach with academics, your approach with 
eventually the NFL, um, your approach with everything in life was always a thousand percent. And I'm like, if he's doing this with everything in his life, and I saw the way you interacted with your family and the way you used to pour into your siblings, I'm like, those are the things that I looked for. Then I was like, wow, this person wow. Right here is going to be excellent and he's going to excel at everything that he does. And I think that he would be no different when it came to a relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, marriage or eventually fatherhood. And I saw that early. I saw that really, really early on. That's that's crazy because um, it's funny to hear you talk about you watch how I approach life. Mm -hmm. I watch how you approach me. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, it's, and I don't know if that's a man woman thing or if it's just um, particularly how we were. Mm -hmm. But you watched me, and you said the way I treat life is how I'm going to treat you. Mm -hmm. I literally watched you and the way you approached me and said that would be the best thing for me. Right. Women always ask me, Deval, what was Kadeen's prayer? Right? And I think this is important mm -hmm. to talk about. Mm -hmm. Kadeen was doing all of these things and showing me that you were worthy of being a wife, mm -hmm. right? I always knew in my heart that I wanted to be a husband. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, it wasn't like, I I don't know if I want to be a husband or not, and you made me want to want to be a husband. Or you know what I'm saying? You. Or you convinced me. That okay. was never the case. I just knew that after you showed me the things that you showed me, I wanted to share the fact that I wanted to be a husband with you. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So because a lot of women ask me all the time, what did Kadeen do to make you want to settle down? Mm -hmm. And at first I didn't really understand it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, no, I always wanted to settle down. I just chose her. But those things that you did made me want to settle down with you. Mm -hmm. The way you cared and nurtured for me. Mm -hmm. But also, like you just said, when I think about how, where we were, you were you were graduated top of your class at Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. You graduated valedictorian, graduated mm -hmm. top of your class at Midwood. Mm -hmm. I'm watching you get all A's in Hofstra. It was like this woman is a go-getter as mm -hmm. well as being a nurturer. So it's almost very similar. The way you approach life, mm -hmm. I was kind of like, dang, the way she approaches life, if she approaches me that way, mm -hmm. we'll be fine. Right. And I was willing to share everything with you because mm -hmm. of how you 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 came into this relationship, but there is something that you said that kind of made me kind of be like, ah, now I'm kind of, not concerned, but. <laughs> was I it the I love you after two weeks? No, no, it was no. it was the I love you after two weeks, okay. but it was like, you said that you weren't able to share that with other men early on because you were under your parents' thumb, mm -hmm. similar to me, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, dang, I was the first person you were able to share that with. So does that mean that if you would have shared that with someone else who was a scumbag, mm -hmm. would you have been deterred from doing that for the Ooh. next guy because a lot of women they're they're not 18 they're right. not naive right and i hear a lot of men say a lot of my boys who are singles like yeah you got to get a young woman who's not scorned by the dating circle because if she's been scorned by the dating circle you're never going to get to meet the real her mm -hmm. and i mean you just validated that right no, because you right. said part of the reason why you did it is because you had never done it before and you just jumped out the window like this is what i saw right this is romantic right. this is what i should do that's actually a super valid um, question. I mean, valid uh, idea mm. um, because it's true. I think about even friends of mine who are now, for example, divorced and are very adamant. I think it can go two ways. They're very adamant about what they want because they know now what they want. They know what mm. they didn't like in the past. They know what they've done in the past that didn't work. And they may want to tailor make something different to somebody else. However, that also then opens you up to people feeling like, wow, am I going to have to bear 
the cross of all of the people in Absolutely. the past uh, yeah. that you have dealt with. And then now, for me, I can't yeah. even get you as you want to be because you're so guarded. Um, so that's definitely, I think, a valid concern because for me at 18, like I said, I didn't, I didn't know any better. I was just doing freely what I wanted to do. Um, and I can see how a woman, if she does that for a couple men, you know, who may not be the one at that time where she can just be like, you know, I'm not doing shit for these niggas no more. I, it's I, all about me. What can I get? Which and then now in turn becomes the issue with dating, you know, when you're in your later 20s and 30s and stuff. It's like you're dating now with a defense up, you know, because you're just, your guard is up and you're like, I can't. Like, these are the things that I'm looking for. And maybe that'll help in the future with them because, you know, they'll be able to weed out things based off of the stuff that they're now searching yeah. for. Um, or there may be those red flags that they sh see that say, you know what, I'm not going back down this path. I don't care who it is, you know. So that's a that's a valid concern. Triple also brought up another point. Not only were we just young and naive, but we were also broke as shit. So it's, <laughs> right. it's, you're not thinking about what this person is trying to get from me when you have nothing, nothing to give them. Nothing to give. You know? But, but, but some meal points. Right. But, yeah. dudes, but dudes will come to me all the time and be like, yeah, because I, I courted you. Mm -hmm. I called no, you. you when we, when we went on dates, I paid for all of the dates. Paid for the dates. I made sure that I, you know, I and I reciprocated you sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, all the time. absolutely yep. reciprocated. But, but I love that doors, like little things, like opening doors yeah. and car doors and. Still but do. I also never felt like you were just trying to get something from me because I never had anything. Right. And that's what happens when you're 18 and dating mm -hmm. because you don't have nothing. You you yes. don't have no fear. A lot of my my guy friends who are dating now, they'll put in caps on things and they have so many rules right like for example <laughs> one of my homeboys is like listen if we just start talking depending on the vibe i get we may do a coffee we're not doing dinner right away because mm. i have to find out over coffee if you're worth the date mm. then on the date i have to find out how much i'm willing to spend if i'm going to do if i'm going to do a date and drinks mm -hmm. because if i do a date and drinks now we're talking about 400 500 dollars I'm not just going to be spending $400, $500 to get to know if I want to be with this person. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And I have heard through the grapevine women that be like, listen, I want a meal. I'm hungry. I want to go out. Let me call homeboy because he's going to take me out. And it becomes like a thing where yeah. people are just using each other for meals. What What is that about? I mean, you know? this is what the dating life is like. And, and people ask Ugh. me all the time, like, how did we get to this point? I honestly feel like it's in part because we had we didn't have to go through that. That's true. That date life. We went through a whole lot of years of having nothing. Yeah. Then having then having I mean, nothing, nothing, again. nothing, nothing <laughs> again. And then having to rebuild again. So that if, if anything was going to stand the test of time or the, the test of Ooh. tribulations, it was going to be that for us, for sure. So, you know what I want to do now? Uh, before we we head to break, mm -hmm. I want to proclaim, and I hope Triple is listening. I want to do a podcast mm -hmm. about how to date once you've achieved some goals in life, because mm -hmm. it's more at stake. Absolutely, it's easier to date when you broke. But I do want to yep, date. Broken young. I do want to date when you. I, I want to do a podcast about how to mm -hmm. date when you've already achieved some goals in life and right. you have more to lose and more to stake. Because that shit's complicated, y'all. Yeah. I don't envy you at all. May the nah, force be with you. I don't. All right, let's take a break and get into some ads, pay some bills, and we'll be back with listening letters. Yes, ma'am. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. 
Near, yes, near the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes. No nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals, so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, guys, we back with Listening Letters. Yes, sir. These these is long, like these. Yes. Triple, where you be finding these listener letters from? People Y'all be, be committing there. to these listener letters. I love it. I'll right, read the first one. There's a whole chapter book. Go ahead. <laughs> Damn, I can't even scroll fast enough. All right. Um, hey y'all, I love you like cook food. Love you back, and just wanted to big up you and your beautiful family first and foremost. Thank you. This is kind of long. Mm. <laughs> it is. So boom. They're check from it. New York. So, so boom. boom. <laughs> The problem I'm having is a financial one. I'm married. It'll be three years in a few months, but we've been together for 10 years and we're fresh first time parents. Like had the baby during the whole panorama fresh. <laughs> I love how we have the alternate names to the pandemic. Yeah. Now we're expecting our second child. Before we had children, we decided it, it was best for me to stay home and not return to work. 
However, I feel like my husband is under a lot of pressure to provide for us. My husband is an entrepreneur enthusiast, and we've had our fair share of financial disappointments throughout the years. Uh. All these years, I've seen my husband work to make his boss's dreams come Mm. true as an employee. In 2015, he branched out and became an entrepreneur while holding down jobs to support his dream. Mm. I've seen him pull hope and motivation out of the sky to keep developing business ideas and seek out investors. To make matters worse, he was laid off during the pandemic. If the pandemic has shown us anything, it's that nothing is stable for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. We moved to be closer to family and to recover from this financial hit, but... Good paying jobs are pretty bleak where we live now. Mm. He's been investing heavily in crypto as a means to build financial freedom, but it'll soon mm. be time it'll soon be time to find a higher paying job. All this to say, it's affecting his ability to be present as a father because he's trying to gain money for us. Mm-hmm. He says he's sacrificing being present right now to ensure a good financial future for us. Have you or anyone you know gone through this and what's a piece of advice you can give? How can balance? How can he balance fatherhood and being a provider to find a stable job? The pressure is real, and this is you. This is me this to is a T. This is you. A couple years this ago, this is me to a T. Um, yep. first and foremost, I I appreciate the entrepreneur enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not easy. It's a very difficult dream. Yes. Um, I remember saying to Kadeen specifically that I feel conflicted having to spend so many hours building my dream and not spending more time with my children. Mm-hmm. And I remember Kadeen saying to me, DeVal, these kids ain't even four. They ain't going to remember none of this shit anyway. <laughs> they do what you got to do so Facts. you can be here for us in the future. And not Facts. for nothing, that's exactly what happened. I spent the first 10 years of my life building businesses. Yeah. Like, not 10 years of my life. The first 10 years of, of our, our marriage. Yeah. Um, first 10 years of our marriage was all about me building. Um, I was playing in the NFL first. Everybody knows that. Making really good money. Got cut. Recession happened, similar to y'all with the Panama. Panamera. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, lost, we lost pretty much everything due to the recession. The property we bought lost value. We lost equity in the homes. The stock market was terrible. We lost cash because we were trying to survive. Mm. So we pretty much moved back to, to Brooklyn and was living paycheck to paycheck. And at that time, I didn't have a steady nine to five job. So the difference between you guys and us is that we didn't have children at that point yet. But Kadeen had gotten pregnant when we came back from the honeymoon mm-hmm. and I still didn't have a full-time job. Right. So, Oh, we had Jackson. We had we Jackson. We were stay-at-home dad. And the thing was, Kadeen and I both said we wanted her to stay home when we had children. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter was it just wasn't possible at that time. We no. needed insurance. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a steady job, so Kadeen started working at Mac full-time just to give us insurance. Plus, she was helping with the rent and everything because... Well, not technically helping with the rent. I always cover the rent, but she always had money coming in. And it was like a just-in-case. Mm-hmm. Like, DeVal, I know you say you got everything, but but just, in case, just in case, this is what it is. Yeah. And there were many situations where if she didn't have that just-in-case fund, she wouldn't have been able to go shopping. She wouldn't have been able to do certain things for food, like bare necessities. Mm-hmm. Like, we were living in New York, three-bedroom apartment with a child. We had two cars. We also had properties. The vast majority of the money that I was scraping together with the five jobs I had was going to managing the businesses, Mm -hmm. and Kadeen's money was going to maintaining the household, other than paying the rent, because I always made sure that the rent was covered. But um, I say all that to say this. 
I know what you guys' plan is or plan was, but life happens. Mm -hmm. And the plan may have been for you not to work. But Kadeem working for those two years, I think he worked mm -hmm. full-time. Kadeem worked full-time for two years mm -hmm. and then dropped back to freelance so that she could make her own money as opposed to working for a boss mm -hmm. was the greatest decision that we made because Definitely. if we didn't make that decision, I don't think we would have gotten here. Right. Um, being an entrepreneur is tough. There's ebbs and flows, ups and downs. Um, I would tell your husband that he needs to work every job he can work in order to pay for whatever you guys need. Yeah. But those first four years of life, he'll be present when he gets home. But none of my kids have ever said, Dad, you know, when I was three, I looked around <laughs> and I didn't see you. <laughs> Nobody ever said that. Right. Because I was gone a lot. Mm -hmm. But after after Kate, when Jackson was two and Kate was able to drop back home, I was in the gym 18 hours a day. That's not an exaggeration. You were. I was I was building that gym business because I wanted to be able to support our family. And on top of that, I was working at MSG Varsity as a color commentator. I was doing in-studio analyst work. I was doing commercials. I worked as a substitute teacher. I worked as a gym teacher. What else I did? I was oh, a personal I about trainer. The gym teacher at Nazareth and stuff too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was a personal trainer. Um, I I think I did he, he every did job. He did all the things. He did. And I think, like I said, going back to the topic of the show. I saw early on how you attacked everything in your yeah. life. So something like that was not anything different for me. I just knew that it was my place to then, once I was able to cut back and freelance, I was able to be almost like stay-at-home mom because I was still yeah. working. But it then gave you the flexibility to then go and do what you had to do because we know that Jackson was taken care of in the interim yeah. between me and my family and your family. Um, so the support, definitely I would encourage her mm -hmm. to continue that. It's great that he's has this the the entrepreneurial yeah. enthusiast spirit and that he's actually working at it and it's mm -hmm. not just a dream that he's just right. hoping will happen right. but he's actually out there attempting to make it happen and she said he's pulling motivation out the sky and all that so that's a good sign that i think yeah. we'll be all right i just think that he i think entrepreneurs need to know that it's okay to work for someone while you build your dream mm -hmm. you know like like necessary almost this is a horrible like a horrible correlation but it's true right when you're a drug dealer, even, that's an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm -hmm. But when you first get your first set of drugs, it's on consignment. You're working for someone. Mm -hmm. You're building their business until you can stand on your own to build your own business. And ultimately, the goal is to become the connect, mm -hmm. right? It's the same thing as an entrepreneur. You want to be the connect, but you can't be the connect without first working for the connect to learn right. how the business works. Right. This idea for entrepreneurs that I'm going to quit my job and figure it out, especially when you have kids. And this is men. Men, when you have a, a wife who's giving you kids, I think that it's it's careless, thoughtless, and selfish for you to sacrifice the security of your family because you have a dream that you want to pursue. Mm -hmm. There's a way to do both. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I know people say there has to be, there can be no plan B because plan B only distracts from, from plan a. a and i understand that but for me my plan a included me working for someone for a couple of years until i figured it out right so your plan a has to be a strong plan mm -hmm. and and I, it sounds like you guys love each other enough to y'all speak to each other y'all can figure it out together so make it happen we're gonna pray for you guys and i i have the utmost confidence that you guys will make it work no doubt for sure number two i'm 43 years old married with one child that loves uh, that leaves for college in August. My husband and I have been together since we were seniors in high school, similar to us. Uh, we've been married 19 years, similar to us. We're mm -hmm. 20. 
I was 24 and he was 25. And we were not married for 19 years. We've been together 20, 20 years, sorry. Right. I was 24 and he was 25. I know Kay dabbles in horoscopes. I am a Capricorn and he is a Scorpio. I have no idea what none of that means. <laughs> We've gone through infidelity on his part and just compatibility issues. I left the house and stayed in my own place for two years. I recently moved back into the home for financial reasons. Ooh. He wants us to get back together. My issue is that he is selfish and not a team player. I often listen to your podcast and find myself comparing my husband's beliefs on family to devouts. My husband is not a provider or protector. So how do we have the same? <laughs> oh, she says comparing. Comparing, Comparing, yeah. not. So more, it's more like contrasting. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the money to be, to be so, but feels like he should pay 50-50 or as close to that as he thinks is fair. What? One situation in particular is I quit working with his blessing to go to nursing school. He immediately started cheating and treating me like a burden. Wow. He has told me on several occasions that I owe him because he took care of uh, the family while I pursued my dreams. This was 12 years ago, and he still brings it up whenever we argue. He rationalizes infidelity, and no matter how many times he can admit that he was wrong, he always seems to figure out a way to rationalize it. With all that being said, I love him. Ooh, <laughs> I wish things were different, but I don't like his beliefs or views on life. On the flip side, I do not want to fail at marriage. See, that, that right there is a problem. I want to show my daughter what a successful marriage looks like. And I just don't want to be single in this cesspool. <laughs> He's tried, we've tried counseling one session. <laughs> and he acted like a complete asshole. I ended up getting up and walking out. So I refused. I don't even need to read on more parts of this. I already see what's, what's happening here. Mm -hmm. I already see what's happening. You see what's happening here? Mm -hmm. Look. He's a whole One thing narcissist. I don't do is judge other people's relationships. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to judge a relationship. But mm -hmm. I will say this, right? You walk into a marriage being prepared to serve. Mm -hmm. If you walk into marriage saying, I, I hope I get everything I can get out of this right. relationship. Or let me keep all of my things to the side right. here because they're mine, <laughs> not yours. Then you don't want to be married. No. You don't want to be married. You want the benefits of having a spouse, mm -hmm. but you don't want to be married. And that's what Facts. it sounds like he's dealing with, right? Yep. For example, the whole, I'm going to pay as close to 50-50 as I can. And if you're going to chase your dreams, I'm going to hold you down, but I'm going to constantly remind you. That doesn't sound like someone that's being of service. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Nope. That sounds like someone who's very selfish. Sounds like a freaking loan officer, if you ask it does. me, if anything. Bail bondsman. Yes. You know, I'll let yes. you out, but you got to pay the toll. Right. And um, it's hard to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't find the value in being a, a partner. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, because she's saying that he wants us to get back together. So my thing is what he's just gaining the benefits of being with you when yes. it's convenient for him because yes. he's still cheating, according to this, like right. when you went back to nursing school and all that. So you trying to show your, your daughter what a successful marriage looks like and the marriage is not what I would say is maybe successful That's in this perfect. moment. That's difficult to like. It's 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 actually an oxymoron. You're not, you're not going to show her a successful marriage. What she's teaching if her that's daughter what he's doing, is to settle. If you have a man, settle and stay with them, no matter what they do and how they treat you. Yeah. Because if you leave, then you're a failure. Yep. That's that's the message yep. you're giving your daughter, and that's the wrong message you want to give anybody. Because you don't like. Here's the thing: you do not have to stay in a relationship. That does not serve you. Right. You don't have you don't have to stay in that relationship. And you're not considered a failure because you made a choice for yourself. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Right now, what you're thinking about is what everyone else will think. When you start to say to yourself, I don't want to fail at marriage, that means that you believe 
Everybody else will look at you and say you failed if you left this marriage, as opposed to saying this is a victory and a triumph for me to recognize that I'm a gift to someone else. Right. And someone else needs to honor that gift. And this relationship is not bringing any value to me or my life. Right. Which which is okay because if you're going to go into a marriage and or go into a relationship and be selfless mm -hmm. and say I'm going to serve, there is a part of that serving that says I want it to be reciprocated. Mm -hmm. I'm going to serve and serve and serve. But it's also okay to say, you know what? I'm not being served. And that's fine because this person may not know how to serve me. If you've communicated multiple times that you want to be served a certain way and that person doesn't want to do that, they're within their right. Mm -hmm. But you can leave. But you can you're leave. not stuck. That's a fact. Because with the whole serving thing, if you're going to be serving your spouse, you expect that it's going to be reciprocated. So your needs are going to be met either mm -hmm. way. So if that's not happening, then what exactly are we doing here? So this and, you're for, and she said she's 43, doesn't want to be in the dating cesspool, which I, get I completely it. get to. But you're in the marriage cesspool. Right. <laughs> right. That's just the truth. Like people, people don't want to hear it. They say, I don't want to leave this because it's hard out there. It's hard where you are. Mm -hmm. And if, you're, if your spouse is constantly making your life hard and difficult, you don't have to stay there. Yeah. You, you just don't. You don't. And she said her daughter is about to leave for college. So I'm sure... At that age, it, she seen, has good sense to see what's been transpiring in the relationship lot. and in the marriage. And it may be too late. She might be like, yo, my father's walking all over my mother for all these years. You'd you be know? surprised what kids see. Oh, yeah. From a young age, you'd oh, be surprised yeah. what kids see. Early on. Good luck to you, sis. Yeah. All right, y'all. If you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com and send us your whole dissertation. <laughs> That's right. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com alright moment of truth Deval's prayer and Kadeen's prayer you wanna go first <laughs> or you want me to go first um I can go first okay I guess my moment of truth with this whole thing here um I can only speak to the time that we had together meaning dating early on mm -hmm. because we talked about how different it could be if we started dating in like our late 20s mm -hmm. and our early 30s and whatnot. um but the biggest thing for me, I think, was being sure that I showed up true to who I was and who I wanted to be in that moment. Mm. So that way you were able to experience me in my truth. Mm -hmm. um, that was super important as I approached what I didn't even know was going to be a relationship with you. I think because I was my authentic self in those moments, you were really able to see who I was and then decide that I was somebody you wanted to continue to date and then eventually marry. So I think I would encourage people if they can to try to show up as their truest self because then they will be better able and better equipped to allow someone to say, you know what, this is someone that I genuinely connect, connect with or not. And then you go from there. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's real. I did have, I had a moment of truth prepared. It's funny when you have a moment of truth prepared before uh -huh. the podcast and then you speak through the podcast, which is what podcasts are for. And then, there's like a moment of clarity. Yeah. Right? My moment of truth, and this is the truth, I feel like we were blessed. Mm -hmm. We were blessed to meet each other when we had nothing. Mm -hmm. Because all we could offer each other was each other. Mm -hmm. And because we both had nothing and knew that all we could have was each other, it was easy for us to be genuine and organically build something without looking for red flags because we both had nothing to lose. To lose, yeah. And that's really just a moment of truth. Like, and we gained everything. It was everything. a blessing. We, we gained everything working together, not having to think about individually what we had to lose. Because you, when you really think about it, every single thing that we gained 
throughout the course of our relationship together was because we were doing it together. Absolutely. Like there was no, Absolutely. there was no triumph. There was no victory where one felt it more than the other because no. it was collective, regardless of whose dream or whose goal it was. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And, and it still rings true to this day. So. So that's my moment of truth, man. I, 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 I do. It. I'm not going to lie. You know how sometimes we want to have like a positive ending and, and one, yeah. I feel kind of like, I don't know what to tell people who are yeah. a little bit older, who've had certain levels of success in life because mm-hmm. once you get to your mid to late 20s a lot of people if they figure things out they want to protect what they figured they out on their act, own rightfully so i don't know what that feels like right when meeting someone new right you know what i'm saying and i remember saying to myself why do industry people only date industry people but i'm starting to realize when mm-hmm. you have something to lose you you look for someone else who has something to lose right. too because or now you know who, yeah sorry because now you know that that person has their own thing and they're not right. as looking at you as a meal ticket. Right. Or you, you know, know you can understand that this person understands your plight or knows your work yeah. or knows what goes into it, um, knows how hard it is to accrue all these things, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Good luck to y'all out there because Yes, good luck to y'all. It ain't easy. Nah. Um, but what is easy for you to find us on social media? <laughs> you can follow us at Deadass the Podcast. And I'm Kadeen I am. And I am Devout. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass, y'all. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.